Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We taped Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. Today, we welcome the founders of C'est La Joie Academy, Charlotte Cobb and Mamie Perkins. C'est La Joie Academy offers a play-based, nurturing, French immersion environment where three-year-olds are surrounded by the arts and the natural world. Located off Rue de Bellier in Lafayette, the academy is open during the school year from 9 to 12 p.m. 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Charlotte and Mamie share the power of joyful investigation as a way to guide a child's inner scholar, even before they learn letters and numbers. They encourage in the children a love of reading in both English and French. And I do want to note that I saw this on your, your um, Facebook and website. Research suggests that a high-quality learning experience serves as a catalyst for children's long-term success. So there's no more important thing that anybody can do than help young children love to learn. Charlotte and Mamie, I want to thank you for being here today to Discover Lafayette. I think your story is an important one, and people are going to want to know all about you once we conclude this. So thank you for joining us on a Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for hosting us. Yeah. So, Mamie, let's start with you. I, I want to know your background, and then we're going to let Charlotte give her background. But you kind of came prepared for this part of your journey in life. It's really interesting how all the pieces have fallen into place. Um, so I studied French and Spanish at UL. And I was able to have the opportunity to partner with Codafil. I was part of their Escadrille program. And um, they afforded me the opportunity to go to France for my master's. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and when I came back, I was working in the French immersion um, program here in Lafayette. So I taught three years at Evangeline Elementary and three years at Prairie Elementary. Um, both of those experiences were very formative, um, very educational for me. I learned so much through my colleagues, through my students. Mm-hmm. Um, I had wonderful opportunities, particularly with a program called Trust-Based Relational Intervention. Um, that really guided and still guides a lot of my practice in the classroom. Um, and throughout these experiences with, as I said, French colleagues or French-speaking colleagues um, and with my students, I sort of began to dream of what could be. Mm-hmm. What could a smaller classroom lo- look like? What could um, younger learning styles look like? And just sort of the possibility, kind of putting some ideas on a dream board, sort of mentally. Mm-hmm. And always talked about the possibility of perhaps opening something small from the home, um, something that would really be, um, I would say, holistic, organic, for you know, small children that would really encourage joyful learning. Mm-hmm. That's really my heart. And hence the name. Hence the name. C'est la joie. C'est la joie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that is really the heartbeat of what we're doing. Right. Um, is to inspire young children to love to learn. Our goal is that students really want to come back. They look forward to coming back to um, C'est la joie Academy. Mm-hmm. And that's really the win. If they are inspired and excited to what they're going to learn, um, to us, that is a lifelong investment. That's right. a lifelong win. Now, you're here with your partner, Charlotte Cobb. And Charlotte, you play a unique role also. 
in C'est La Joie? I do. Um, so I am sort of the back end part of C'est La Joie. Um, Mamie's the, the head teacher. I am her assistant. Um, but I handle a lot of the back end um, information from maintaining the website, maintaining inquiries, um, really speaking to people on, on the uh on the outside, helping them uh, gather more information for the school. And then I mm-hmm. release them to Mamie. Okay. So, Charlotte, talk about the school and the numbers. How many children? They're three-year-olds, right? I got that that part yes, correct. Ma'am. These are very little people that are ready to learn. How many are in the school? How many are you expecting for this fall? So we are allowing a very limited number of uh, students for for year one, um, and that's really to help us get our feet wet, get our name um, out into the community, and and really prove uh, what Say La Joie Academy is about. Mm-hmm. So we are accepting anywhere between five to seven students. Um, one includes my my daughter, who well. <laughs> is inspiring me to, to ride to school with the teacher. That's right. Yeah, the teacher's pet. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has been my inspiration to mm-hmm. uh, join forces with with Mamie and and build this for her. Right. So I mentioned before we started taping, both of my daughters went to a woman, a beautiful woman named Martha Olivier, and she was known as Miss Martha. And it was a similar situation. They would take them, she would take them like Tuesdays and Thursdays, the little ones, like 18 months to three, let's say. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the three and four-year-olds. But it was similar in that they just developed a love of learning and they were so open. It just seemed like when she would dance with the kids and teach them to tango and how to speak French, at least phrases that they could use at home, it really stuck. So when I heard about your story, I just thought I'd love, I know it's a new endeavor, but I'd love to see this multiplied because there's so many children that would benefit from what you're doing. Thank you. And you know, I think what Charlotte said, um, it was her daughter that really inspired her to pursue other possibilities. And that's really when people ask, you know, how did you start or why did you start? When I think of the ideal environment for my children to learn in, that's what I'm dreaming up. Mm-hmm. You know, the Them quiet, jumping and having fun and in, in a quiet setting. I know you're saying it's so correct. peaceful. Correct. Yeah. Um, but you had mentioned earlier with your, you felt like your children's experience was magical. It was. Um, and that's really, I think as parents, we're always looking for what is, what can I do for my child to make their education richer. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do to, what, what are the gaps I need to fill? What are the experiences they need to have to love to learn, to be able to grow their their learning success as older older um, mm-hmm. students and even scholars? Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're creating here. So describe the setting of C'est La Joie. Like, is this, this is on your property, it Mamie, is. but you've got an acre and a half. If you can explain the setting. Sure. So when students come, um, they walk into what is our patio or breezeway. Um, it's really lovely. It's very peaceful, even from the onset. Um, then they will go into a very small classroom. It's um, plenty of space, but still very small. Uh, really clean lines, very, um, I would say just a very uh, simple but mm-hmm. lovely space. And then we have our backyard, and that really is the classroom. <laughs> we have, I would say, two classrooms. We have mm-hmm. indoors and outdoors. And the outdoors is where we have even something like a dirt hill, which is, seems so simple, but it is just it is a, a world apart for the children. Um, and that's really where we'll have stations set up all over the yard between the blackberry bushes, the blueberry <sighs> orchard. Um, we have our tomato garden and all these different areas where students are really going to be able to explore and, and love the exploration process. Mm-hmm. So what are the kids like at three 
Charlotte, like, what you know, your daughter is how old? She's three and a half. She's three and a half, mm-hmm. so she's getting up there. She you is, know? <laughs> yes. What are they like, like, when you get that many kids together in a in a home environment? Are they res- respectful of oh, the space? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the intimacy of, of the school— um, really brings a sense of security, um, really allows for their confidence to shine as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so at three years old, children are remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, not only, of course, you know, developmentally, they're at a stage where they can learn so much, um, but when they come into Say La Joie, we are teaching, of course, letters and numbers. We're learning shape recognition, but it's so much more than that. Um, we are teaching and allowing investigation, so an example of this would be at our summer camps, um, students were enthralled with the cicadas. And really? they were. This, we learned about the music of the cicada on our music day. Mm-hmm. And all throughout the week, you know, as soon as they would hear that humming, they would all stop and stare. And that was beautiful. And then they would mm-hmm. find the little cicada casings, little, I'm not sure if you'd call them skeletons, yeah. um, remnants. They would find those on the trees, and they would just be so curious, and they would even include those in their artwork. And at one time, we even found a, a, a cicada shedding its skin. And part of what we do at Say La Joie is we have the space and we have the time where we're able to stop and pause at those moments mm-hmm. where children are completely enthralled, completely intrigued. That's the magic. You know, we have mm-hmm. the space to stop and pause and ponder and listen and watch and question. And even, for example, at this past week at— um, at Say La Joie French Immersion Camp, one of the students, three years old, was asking, what's in the dirt? What's in the tree? What's under the tree? What's in? What's underneath the hill? That's the beauty. That's yeah. it right there. And they're stopping to notice nature. I'm thinking about, you know, Fred Rogers. I just saw the Mr. Rogers yeah, um, yeah. documentary and his ability to let people feel, children feel, that they could ask questions, that, you know, these are legitimate questions. And probably in today's world, a lot of adults don't know <laughs> much about the outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And question asking is a skill. It is. Um, it's a skill, and it requires confidence, and it requires the right environment to be allowed mm-hmm. to safely ask the questions of nature and the questions of life. Right. And um, that's something we really want to encourage and allow, and even perhaps we don't, might not know all the answers, mm-hmm. but um, we will discover them together. What's a typical day like? The kids get there at 9. I know you said, um, Charlotte, special arrangements can be made if someone has to go a little bit earlier. But what is the structure of the day? So we are certainly play-based, but we have a structure that Mamie and I are going to follow throughout the school year. Um, and we have put together sort of our skeleton schedule. Uh, schedule for for the for every day, mm-hmm. and um, so that includes um, arrival times and immediately going into circle time, um, and we will review the day during circle time. Then we'll transition into our first learning experience, uh, which is whatever Mamie has um, scheduled for that day, week, or month. It's uh, typically a theme based on a season, um, an event. Uh, potentially a person, so on and so forth. Um, And we will uh, break for lunch. We'll have a brain break and a lunch break. Brain break. Yes. They can just relax. Just relax, Mm -hmm. have free time, have some free play, just be a child again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we will uh, slowly transition transition back into um, our next learning experience for the afternoon. Um, And then it'll be... 
time for pickup. Pickup time. Yeah. yeah, something about that free play. It's interesting. Someone recently told me that research shows that play resets the brain. I had met with hmm. a mentor teacher about my camp schedule. I wanted to run through what I had created with her. And the first thing she said was, it's well organized, but you don't have playtime. Um, oh. And she said, that's what she mentioned to me. She said mm-hmm. that the child needs to be able to reset so that they're able to continue to learn. And if you don't give them that, that time to be able to reset through play, then you're going to lose them for the rest of the day. I wonder if that's true for adults, too. You know, I have one of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, I've read things that we're supposed to be working for 15-minute increments and then stopping to rest yeah. and recharge through water or walking. That mm-hmm. might be something. There might be something to that. Maybe you can be teaching all of us how to have a better <laughs> day. Yeah. So um, tell me about your relationship. You're talking about your business, but this is a big deal, partnering with someone, right, mm. to start a business. I mean, we haven't talked yet about— what it cost or anything. So I want y'all to get into that. But you, were you close friends or just uh, colleagues that had Neither. Met? Neither. Really? Um, Charlotte and I met at the farmer's market. And I would say it was rather randomly. Um, I don't often go to market. And I was there one day with our exchange student. Um, we hosted a girl from Spain last year. And I wanted her to experience the beauty of the mm-hmm. horse farm. And I saw Charlotte with her family, and she had a son that was about my son's age. And so I just struck up a conversation asking, you know, how old he was, what his name was. I noticed she had an older daughter. I asked where she was going to school. And we just began talking about homeschool and French immersion. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of haphazardly mentioned, oh, I've always had this dream of opening up a small French immersion preschool. And um, her and her husband asked if they could further the conversation. That's so wonderful. And, um, wow. They really had a great vision and a great inspiration to really to, to team up. God inspired. It certainly seems that way. Yeah. Do you? I know you're fluent in French and Spanish. Charlotte, are you fluent? I am not. I know a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, um, peu. Um, mm-hmm. That's about all I know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in yeah. So um, it's it's been a learning journey for me as well. I'm learning mm-hmm. um, on separately on my own French, uh, sort of self-taught, but— um, I've actually, for the last three weeks at summer camp, have learned more than than mm-hmm. I ever have um, with any sort of French class, French app. Because mm-hmm. um, it's play. It's that's fun. right. Now, when you say French immersion, do the kids only hear French, or do you go back and forth with English? I would say it's 90% French. Oh, okay. um, if I need to redirect, I will do so. Redirect or encourage, mm-hmm. I would do so in English um, to ensure mm-hmm. that there's clear communication and that there's no frustration for the child. Um, if I see that what I am explaining via, in French but via motions and movements mm-hmm. is not clearly understood, um, my goal is never for the child to feel frustrated or aggravated that there there's a, yeah. a breach of comprehension. Mm-hmm. So if I need to make sure that they're able to move forward peacefully, I'll do so in English. But 90% is in French. Okay. Circle time is in French um, and instruction as well. How do you say, uh, I said, sit down and be quiet? I won't make it rude. How do you say that in French? If um, somebody is popping up and it really is time for the circle to— Learn well in in French to say to sit down would be t'assois, uh-huh. and to say to calm down you'd say sois, sois calme or calme-toi. And they they get that. But I would I would probably <laughs> redirect in a, in a much different way. Um, so in, you know in circle time, little people have lots of energy and mm-hmm. lots of movement, and it's hard for them to contain sometimes um, that energy. So I really try to give them options and make sure that first of all I know that they're okay because mm-hmm. if they're frustrated and I'm yeah. telling them to sit down, that you know. 
Mm-hmm. There might be a better way to do that. So an example, this week at French camp, um, there was a little girl who had become quite dysregulated throughout the day, and it was time for circle time. And she was just, she was not um, ready to be able to enjoy circle time at the end of the day. So I gave her the choice. Um, you can either sit and, you know, sit where she, where she was, which was sort of in the corner, or you can join us in circle time. And um, she said she was, she wanted to sit on the side. And so I, I did let her know, you may sit on the side, um, but you won't be able to participate in what we're about to do. But when you're ready, you come to the circle time and we'll have everything ready for you. And so she stayed back there probably about five minutes. She was able to calm down. I could see her taking her breaths. And when she was ready, she rejoined the circle mm-hmm. and, um, she was able to re-regulate very well, and she ended up being able to finish her day in what wow. I would say a calm and joyful way. And so— It wasn't time out. It was her choice. Correct. But she self-regulated that's her correct. behavior. And that's, that's beautiful. Um, self-advocacy is something that children really can learn, mm-hmm. but they have to be trained. And so giving them those those choices, you know, you may do this or you may do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose this, this is how it will look. And when you're ready, this is what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important. And uh, I do want children to have that order and that that beauty in the environment right. where they can they can know that they're safe, they can know they have the space to calm down, and they have the support to do so. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed on um, homeschooling on Discover Lafayette before. Kelda Poinot is a friend of mine, and she's a homeschool advocate. And I can see this morphing into the homeschooling as the children age, and they can learn so much faster without having to be at a regulated school system, right? There's nothing wrong with traditional education. Correct. But I was shocked to learn that really from K through eight, mm-hmm. you know, before high school, it's pretty wide open what the children can do. And ninth through 12th is more regulated by the state for homeschooling. But I can see this really growing where people want to have something like this, the enrichment, but also the advanced learning capacity. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, that is something, you know, we do have a, an abbreviated schedule, 9 to 12, and some parents have asked us, you know, why, what is your kind of, what what data is driving that sort of decision? You know, why, why 9 to 12 and not something more extensive? Um, but for sort of the reasons that you had alluded to, um, there are studies that, that show that a, a less hours can be more advantageous for the child. And um, Charlotte and I have put together some information on that on our on our oh, website um, that just shares some of the benefits of a, a shorter small a shorter day for mm-hmm. small learners. Okay, um, that's beautiful. So Charlotte, are, are you um, able to share like what this cost and what the guidelines are for people that are interested in in calling you? Absolutely. So we are accepting. Um, like I mentioned earlier, five to seven three-year-olds for year one. Um, we're considering it pre-K three, um, and it is six hundred dollars a month from uh, August to to May. Mm-hmm. Like the traditional Correct. school year, I find that to be very reasonable. After what I've seen, school cost and childcare, if you have it, I mean that's a beautiful alternative while the kids are learning. So. Um, and it's at your home, so you don't have to worry about going out to rent space and all. So, Correct. Yeah. So this will be your first year. You've got camp going on now. Anything you've learned this summer? Like, has this been a good experience so far with the heat, I wonder? Wow. So French Immersion Summer Camp has been absolutely a delight. Um, Charlotte and I have worked together, and I've been so grateful for Charlotte's support. Um, she has been there early and stayed late every single day, helping me prepare and make sure the environment is, is really just just as perfect as I could imagine it. She has really um, just been so generous and giving in her time in that capacity. 
And we've actually, we've learned a lot from each other um, working with, with small ones during this mm-hmm. time. And it has been remarkable, even in the heat. Um, I have used our space quite strategically. So we've had students inside and outside mm-hmm. pretty incrementally to make sure they don't get worn out. Um, we've used popsicle breaks um, to oh, be able yeah. to help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even in the mornings, it's actually, my, my backyard is quite shaded. Mm-hmm. And so it's not unbearable in any, in any way. But using the space to be able to go from station to station, keeping the children moving, keeping the children engaged with songs and rhythms, and mm-hmm. um, that has really helped in, in keeping them uh, quite excited about right. what we're doing. At this size um, offering, do you have to get regulated or certified by the state, or is this just you're, you're small? Correct. Right. At this so time. this gives you that opportunity to really work it out. and That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. But this is just so much better than almost anything I can imagine, you know, for small children. So Thank you. Yeah. So um, is there anything else, Charlotte, about anything people would need to know? Where where can they go to find out more about you? Sure. Our website is com. That's C apostrophe E-S-T. L-A-J-O-I-E academy.com. And your Facebook page is delightful. Yes, so we Thank have you. we have a Facebook and uh, an Instagram account that mm-hmm. we that we stay pretty active on. Um, we're really trying to get our information out to our community um, so that we can find the right the right families for this right. for this fit. Right. Well, Jason, you want to apply for um, C'est la joie? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, I've been taking some notes. And it sounds um, like fun. I like popsicle breaks. I know. Some of my favorite. <laughs> uh, I like that uh, play resets the brain. I'm going to let Chris Rader know that one, that mm-hmm. we need more play time mm-hmm. here at the office. Uh, I like every, everywhere this is going. Um, first of all, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, what ages do you guys teach? I, I heard three-year-olds. How, how old do you, you accept? So this year we're taking three-year-olds. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And it, how long have you guys been doing this? We're getting ready to get started. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is like all brand new for you. Year Correct. one. Correct. Year one. Okay. And do you see this growing beyond this? Like, do you want to make this a full homeschool through, you know, further grades? Or right now is it just focus on keep it small? Well, we're kind of watching. Okay. We're watching and um, we are filled with wonder at where this could go. But we yeah. want to make sure that what we're doing you know, first is done with mm-hmm. excellence. So and at this time— I don't know that I've heard of anything else. Maybe there are other people doing this, but it looked pretty unique to me mm-hmm. when I saw your idea. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. It seems—and and so I, I'm kind of asking this based on what I've seen. Is is there—has uh, there been a growth in homeschooling over the past few years? Yes. Home, um, Lafayette has a very rich homeschool community. That, okay. is, that is accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel it, like with with COVID yeah. as well, we saw a lot of families uh, building these neighborhood pods with um, with teachers that were in the school system that mm-hmm. weren't able to teach. So we're not necessarily a pod. We're not necessarily a homeschool. Um, but what was important to to me and my family and why I connected with Mamie originally was I was considering hiring a private teacher for my two children. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and when I when I realized um, the caliber of teacher that I was looking for um, and wanting in Mamie was going to be far out of my reach, so this is a way for me to to have that private teacher combination mm-hmm. within a home, but still with other children. So it's sort of a hybrid. That's how I try to explain mm-hmm. it to people. It's sort of a hybrid hybrid between homeschool, private school, yeah. um, 
and you know what what people know as since COVID are pods. Yep. Gotcha. But at this age, this is the ideal it, time it, to it, grab those little minds, you know. And, it, and, it really is. Uh-huh. Well, and the reason I ask that, so my significant other is a teacher. So I know a lot of teachers, and I know a lot who are trying to get out of the mm-hmm. schooling and looking at this as an option. So I think this podcast not just for parents with, with little ones, but also for teachers looking to get out of the school system but still stay in education. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important. Um, what's the hardest thing— to teach, or actually at this age, the three-year-olds, what's the hardest thing for them to learn? Hmm. That's a great question. And, and, and maybe you don't have a great answer at this point, um, but that kind of stuff always interests me because there's going to be hurdles, right? Sure. So maybe if you were giving advice to somebody else that was doing something like this and dealing with little ones, what would be your advice? Like, make sure you spend some time on this or watch out for this. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, it would not be the language it would okay. not be the academic content. Um, that's going to come. And mm-hmm. some students may learn it very fast. Other students may need more time. That's not the hardest thing to teach. You can always get creative. You can always find a different resource or a different way of presenting it. Um, what I would say would be the most challenging is going to be your social-emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so your interactions with others, your regulation of big feelings and hard emotions, um, as well as actually manners. Um, I think that, you know, children are still learning and they're, they're learning what, um, how to speak with others, how to speak Mm -hmm. with other children, how to express their needs and wants using kind and gentle words. That's something I say really regularly in my classroom and even to my own children. Let's retry that using kind and gentle words. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that really takes time. It takes practice. And, um, I would say that's probably one of the things that needs the most focus on with little ones. And looking them in the eye, it seems that acceptance that you're giving, mm. you know, instead of treating them as little people, mm. you're treating them as individuals. Mm. And that's what I think a lot of those kids are craving. You know, mm. they just want to be themselves. And you know, and they're okay as they are, as right. long as they, I'm sure, stay within most of the bounds, you know. <laughs> right. It's incredible that as small as they are, you know, three years old, it's so little. Mm-hmm. But they really can learn so much. Yeah, they're wise. Huh? And um, they can. They just need to be trained. Mm-hmm. And they need to be put in an environment where they can explore and investigate and find out who they are and what they like. Um, that's part of what I'm doing is that because we have this, we're keeping the numbers very small for the reason that we want to be able to pause and stop. Like I mentioned earlier, when a child finds that thing that sparks the interest, that sparks the passion, that's where we're going. Um, so I'm I'm spending extensive amount of time planning and creating and, and envisioning what this is becoming and what this will be, but it's all within the expression of we're going to stop where we find that passion. And if it's in the music, if it's in the rhythm, it's if it's in the bug, if it's in the worm, that's where we're going to stop and learn. Mm-hmm. And that's the joy that we have at saint Yeah, Fantastic. Uh, so if a parent is interested in getting their, their uh, child uh, into this program, what's the best way to contact you? So you said you have Facebook, you have said you have the website. Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Is it a direct message through Facebook? What's so, the best way for a parent? That's a great question. Um, any of them. I'm, I will certainly answer any of them. We have um, different uh, clicks on our website for you to um, enter your information, contact us pages. You can private message us on either Facebook or um, Instagram. Um, I believe our phone numbers are relatively public, so there's there's multiple avenues 
and we're happy to answer any of them. Fantastic. And you said only five to seven students, right? So yep. those parents out there Better listening, with it. if you're driving around right now listening to this mm-hmm. and you're looking for this, make a phone call. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for being yeah. here. Jan, thanks again for letting oh, me ask some questions. Thank you, Jason, Sakura. Have you guys met Lindsay Smythe? She we has have, a French immersion school in Sunset. I mean, this is... She was generous enough to come over um, oh, and kind of beautiful. coach on a few different topics and points mm-hmm. and answer some questions we had. And yeah. we really appreciated her time and her support for, for what we're doing. Yeah. yeah she's, she's incredible. Just, they've just been in operation maybe four, three to four years now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of story. I think I interviewed Lindsay when we were, mm-hmm. you know, not in here during COVID. Okay, yeah. But she just has that same heart for teaching. But they've been growing one grade at a time, I think. It just it right. takes time right. to get that traction. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything y'all thought I would ask that I didn't bring up? Um, y'all have some great questions. Thank well, thank you. Jen, can we do a follow-up in like a year or two? I'd love that. And, and kind of see how it's been going That's and, and then maybe revisit some of these questions. Yeah. Like, what's the hardest thing now? What's the hardest thing now? Yeah. Right. Like, now that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea. I still thank think you. the sit down and shut up is probably... <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> Jan, you're fired. I know. <laughs> and you know I'm kidding. Oh, I know you're kidding. But you know— But not really. Like uh-huh. I said. <laughs> But you know, my job, I would tell myself this in the public school system when I'd, I'd find myself getting frustrated. My job is to be patient. Right. That is what I'm—that is my profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is what I'm, that is what my job is, is to be patient as I teach. And children can learn— um, and maybe they will have to hear the same thing every day. I, that was a big revelation. Um, I remember my second year teaching, I thought, the student, I tell him the same thing every time I get in line. Why am I saying the same thing every time I get in line? And I realized one day, okay, you know what? Maybe he will need to hear these words every time he gets in line. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. It is my job to stay patient with him. And every, whenever I say it, he's quick to listen. So I'm going to conserve my emotional energy and understand that maybe he needs to hear kind and gentle words every single time we get into line. Mm-hmm. And that was really a huge shift for me when I realized, you know, maybe they're three, maybe they're seven, maybe they're much older. But um, as I use kind and gentle words, that models what I really expect for them to do as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really the, the tone I want to set for for what we're doing here. Right. Well, you've both presented with kind and gentle personalities. So I want to thank you, Charlotte Cobb and Mamie Perkins, of C'est la Joie Academy. I want to make sure I didn't butcher the word, <laughs> joie. Um, thank you for bringing this to Lafayette, and I want to wish you all the best. I just I feel really good about this. That's why I wanted to jump on this story, because it's I love to see new business owners making a difference in our community. So thank you for what you're bringing to Lafayette. Thank you for hosting us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Jason, Sakura, thank you for taping. And I want to thank our listeners um, for tuning into the podcast. You can find this podcast along with about 320 others at discoverlafayette.net. If you haven't subscribed yet, please get Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening today. I'm Jan Swift. Thank you.